0: The following message from Bible teacher and pastor, Jim Crabb, is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. Welcome
1: today. We're so glad you came today. We put a high priority on the Bible, on the Word of God. We don't believe this is just man's notes about God. We believe this is the Word of God. You believe that? Don't you? I believe that. I believe this is God's word to us. This is God's love letter to us. This is God's plan of redemption to us. This is God's plan for your family right here. This is God's plan for how to be married. Huh? This is God's plan for what you do with your children. This is God's plan for how, to, how, do, you, how do you get income and, and supply and what to do. This is God's plan for the local churches, for leaders in the local church. The Bible's very clear about what a leader should be like, right? And what the qualifications of leaders and elders are. Amen. Amen. This is God's word to all of us this morning, and we are grateful today. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, he sent his word and healed them. I think it's Psalm... Psalm 107, uh, verse 20, I think that is. He sent his word. Let's say that together. He sent his word. And he healed them. And he healed healed them. So I believe today as we speak the word, not because I'm doing it, but because it's the word of God, that as we speak the word today, it's going to have a healing virtue to it. It's going to have a healing virtue in your spirit. Amen. It's going to have a healing virtue in your mind or your soul. It's going to have a healing virtue in your body. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. Amen? Amen. So praise the Lord this morning. Good to see you everybody. Amen. Amen. And uh, we're just so glad you're here today. Thank you for coming. Uh, we're in the book. I want to start in the book of Acts today, chapter 19. And then we're going to go over to the book of Acts, chapter 12, this morning. Acts chapter 19. And I want some good amens. This is not a coronavirus crowd. This is not a scaredy cat crowd. This is the this is a gathering today. Uh, this is what the Bible says. When you get. This is a gathering of the household of faith, people that believe. That's what's here today. That's who's here this morning. This is what, what we, are. we are. We are people of faith, and we've gathered together to hear the word of the Lord. So here we are, Acts chapter 19, and uh, let's begin reading, if we can, in verse 11, Acts 19, 11. So I want some good amens out of this lively crowd today. Amen. Verse 11. And God, who? God. Tell me one more time. God. And God, yes He did, He wrought or He worked. Look what it says. Special miracles or my my margin of my Bible says unusual miracles. Yeah. I want to praise God that we have a God. We serve a God this morning, the the God of the Bible that we're preaching today. He does unusual miracles. Yeah. In other words, He doesn't just do ordinary things. We 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 didn't get together because we decided we want to be an ordinary church. Meaning, meaning not the, not the. You know, any church is is better than another. I'm just saying, we just don't want to be, we don't want to be natural and ordinary. You know, if you come together with a group of people, you can get some encouragement and you can, you know, have some interaction, but we want it to be more than that. We're believing that when we gather together that God can move and that He can do some unusual miracles this morning. And we believe he's got some for you. Somebody say amen. amen. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought uh, from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them. And the evil spirits went out of them. That's talking about, we call them prayer claws that Paul would, would pray over cloths and aprons or garments, right, that were made out of fabric. And he would pray over them, and then they would take them to sick people. And when they put those handkerchiefs that were prayed over on those sick, pe- sick people, they, the disease would depart from them. I still believe in that, don't you? I believe he's doing some unusual miracles then certain of, the, certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We admonish or adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. In other words, these these guys were were vagabond Jews in exorcists. It doesn't say they were born-again believers. They just heard that the born-again believers were do, there were special miracles being wrought. So if they can do it, and if somebody else can do it, why can't we do it? And so they just they just had at it. And they and they, look at here now. And they even used the name of Jesus that Paul did did his miracles in. And it says that they spoke to the evil spirits and said, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preached. Now there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and the chief priest which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said. So after the, after the guys that didn't know Christ tried to play church, tried to pretend like they were really somebody and part of the church, and they were just going to use like the name of Jesus as in a magical way almost. Right? If we just say these words, like, like you know, when us kids would say abracadabra and, you know, this I, I command this to happen, and all that nonsense. But they would. Sp- they spoke to those evil spirits and told him to come out. Right. And the evil spirit answered, and he said, "Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know." But I've got a question this morning. Who in the world are you? Huh? Who are you? I know. I know that the name that you commanded me to come out of this man, right? The evil spirit. The evil spirit said, I know the, the name you used. I know Jesus. I know that name. I know him. And I know Paul. Because Paul's cast me out of a whole bunch of people around here. Paul has healed my body. He healed many bodies around here with handkerchiefs and aprons and many different miracles. But here's my question today. But I, I haven't met you. I don't know you. You know why you didn't know him? That's because he wasn't, because these folks weren't born again Christians yet. Don't you know the devil knows if you're playing church or you're being a born-again, real, on fire, devil-hating, sin-fighting, blood-bought believer? I want you to know today that I got up this morning, you got up this morning, and I believe the devil knew that we were up today and that we were going to use and that we have power in the name of Jesus Christ. See, Here's the problem with these 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 guys, these brothers that tried to use the name of Jesus. Not only did the evil spirit didn't know them, they didn't even know these men, boys, they didn't even know Jesus. the, The name of the guy that they were using. They just knew some formula. But thank God, this is more than a formula. Thank God today. I believe today that hell knows our name. I believe, I, I, I want to believe, and if I'm not there, I'm going to get there. I want to believe that when I command a, a, an evil spirit to come out of somebody, that by the power of God, those evil spirits are going to say, man, I know this guy. He's bald and weird and strange and loud and mouthy, But I'll tell you what, I know he runs around with Jesus. And I know he knows Jesus that casts me out all the time. Huh? You ought to spend your days making sure the devil knows who you are. Hmm? But who are you, he said. Man, I would be, wouldn't that be disappointing if you thought you were just a real powerful spiritual hotshot? And the devil spoke back to you and said, who in the world are you? I don't know you. Huh? Look at verse 16. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. In other words, these guys, the, the, the man in whom the evil spirit was, when they told him to come out, they, they, you know, it's like the evil spirit said, not only am I not going to come out, I'm coming for you. I'm coming at you. You're trying to get me out of this guy, but me and this guy, we're coming for you. And there must have been some kind of whipping, man. If he stripped their clothes off and he beat the fire out of them, they ran out of the house naked and wounded, licking their wounds. I determined in my heart that I'm not going to be an unknown believer. I'm not some secret agent. I want hell to know who Jim Crabb is. I want people to know who Jim Crabb is, that he, that he is a man that knows God, that he walks with God that he serves the almighty God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want the devil and all of the demons in hell to know my name and know who I am. In the name of Jesus, look at the person next to you and say, the devil needs to know who you are. He needs to know who you are. And it's... It's more than just he needs to know who you are. It's because I want him to be concerned that I got up again. I want him him concerned, oh my God, he's probably going to win a soul today. He's going to share the gospel with somebody today. Uh, I want him concerned we're going to have a healing meeting. I want him concerned we're going to have worship in the house of God. I want him concerned that angels are going to work for us. I want the I want him concerned that I'm going to do what a New Testament believer does, and that's lay hands on the sick and see them recover, preach the gospel to the poor and the brokenhearted and see them healed, to take the love of God to a lost and dying world. I want the devil to know that I'm in action and I'm in motion. And that I'm going to do something about him today. Shout out loud, devil, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Amen? Now let's slip over to the book of Acts chapter 12. Isn't that a good verse there, those verses there? Jesus I know and Paul I know, but I have no idea who you are. Boy, that'll let the air out of your balloon if you really thought you were a spiritual giant. I have no idea who you are and I don't think you know what you're talking about. (laughs) Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex, that word in the Greek means to harass, to harass certain of the church. Now, I noted that he didn't just harass the church, but he, you know who he harassed? He harassed certain of the church. Certain of the church. In other words, out of the entire church at large, the devil didn't, or... You know, Herod didn't raise up his hand, his sword, to harass every Christian. You know why? I believe because he wasn't afraid of every Christian, everybody that said they were a Christian. There's a bunch of people that are pretend Christians and they're like the sons of Sceva over there in Acts Acts 19. Huh? And he didn't even, the devil doesn't even know who they are. But Herod rose up his hand to vex certain of the church. Say certain of the church. And I determined a long time ago that I want to be one of the certain of the church that the devil wants to come and harass my life. You know, instead of being afraid of the devil and demons and all that kind of stuff, You know, a born-again believer, you know what we say? We say, we're not afraid of you. Bring it on. Bring it on. We want to be a certain of the church. You asking to be harassed, pastor? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking for, because I want to be one of the certain of the church that he knows that I know. See, when he, if the devil finds out when he knows that you know. See, I believe he does. He knows when you know and he knows when you don't know Jesus. He knows when you're, he knows when you're, when you're on fire. He knows when you're playing with sin. He knows when you're red hot. And he knows when you're lukewarm. And he knows when you're cold. But I want to stay in my place. I want to be one of the certain of the church, one of the certain. I mean, if you're going to harass the people at Imago Day, don't leave me out, huh? I want to believe that I uh, that I'm marked by God, and the devil knows who I am, and that he's going to try to stop me and shut me down. I don't. I don't want to believe that I have so little power that he's not even going to give me the credit to harass me a little bit. Huh? Look at the person next to you and say, you need to be one of the certain of the church. Be one of the certain of the church. Huh? You, You see that picture? I think that's clear. Because that's who was was a threat to Herod was the church, the people that really knew God and weren't playing some church game. They were serving God with their whole heart and they were all in. Amen? Yeah. Let's see what happens. Verse 1 again. Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to harass certain of the church. Circle that verse right there. That, that, that's good. I pray every time you go through the book of Acts you'll you'll see that verse and remember today what I told you. I want to be a certain of the church. I want hell to shudder when I get up. Hmm? Look what happened. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews he proceeded further to take Peter also. These were the days of the unleavened bread. So he he took James, and the Bible says that he slew him with the sword and killed him, but he proceeded on to take Peter. So if it pleased the Jews to to shut up Paul, why why would that please the Jews? Well, because they were trying to stop the church because they, like evil spirits, were using them to try to shut down the church and stop the church, right? Right. So they killed James. They grabbed Peter. And verse 4, and when he had apprehended him, meaning when Herod had apprehended Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But I like this. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. I came to tell you today, When people like Paul, people like Peter, people like me and you that really get saved and really get under the blood of Jesus, huh? And really get under the blood and get the Holy Spirit moving and working in our life, huh? I'm telling you when the Holy Spirit starts working through the hearts of somebody That the devil knows. That he knows that they know. He knows if you know. And he knows if you don't know. He knows if you know. He knows if you don't know. He knows if you're not sure. He knows if you're just thinking about it. He knows if you're playing games or not. Amen? But the ones that he's fearful of. Are the ones that really have a relationship with Christ and know the Lord in an intimate way. Praise God forevermore. Huh? So Peter was kept in prison. See, that's what happens to you. You know, you know, stuff's gonna happen to us when we get when we're really a threat to hell. You're a marked man. Hallelujah. Good. Finally, I've arrived. I'm a marked man. Hell knows who I am. Seriously. You know, demonic spirits are out in this world. I'm not a demon chaser and a demon exalter, and I'm not afraid, all that kind of stuff. But demonic spirits are out in this world, man. The, we don't fight against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. Isn't that right? That's that's who's out there. And this whole thing in America and around the world right now, don't you know the devil's jumping in the middle of this and he's trying to get fear into people's lives, fear I'm going to get it, fear I'm going to die, fear that I shouldn't go anywhere or do anything, isn't that right? That spirit of fear. It's. I'm telling you, it's evil spirits that are driving this stuff. And it's driving some of the people that are behind this junk, man. Amen? Yeah. But thank God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Peter was kept in prison. I'm going to show you what happens to a certain church member. James lost his life. We're sorry about James. But you know what? James really didn't have a bad day, did he? How can you say James had a bad day because Herod cut his head off? Huh? Because as soon as Herod put that sword to his neck, I'm telling you, the instant that it happened, he fell into the arms of a loving God. He went to heaven And he will forever be with the Lord. James has been there since the day that that happened to him. Praise God. And he marched into heaven as a martyr. When Stephen, the great disciple of Jesus in the early church, a deacon, when he was stoned in in the book of Acts, earlier in the book of Acts, when they killed Stephen, they stood there. And Paul was one of the guys that was 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 holding the coats of the people that were throwing the rocks at Stephen. Huh? When Stephen the Bible says, while they were throwing rocks at him, and as he was dying, before he gave up the ghost, he he looked up and he saw the Son of God standing. I believe Jesus stood up because Stephen was a certain church member. He wasn't just playing church. If you get stoned with rocks and you're playing church, you're not going to have this stuff happen to you that happened to Peter. But when you're a certain Christian, when you're the kind of Christian that the devil vexes and harasses and knows that you're a threat to him. See, I want to be a threat. I want the devil printing flyers about me. I want my face on all the devil's flyers. Huh? I want, my, I want a flyer outside the gates of hell with my picture on it. Huh? But Peter was kept in prison. But look at this. But prayer was made without ceasing. By the church of God for him. You know, when the church goes to doing what it's supposed to be doing, this is our time of action. We've already got a call to action. The coronavirus is is running wild. Stop shutting down the world. The world's gone mad. Huh? But you know what? One thing the devil can't do, and that's stop us from praying. And we're going to pray. And when Peter, one of the certain church members, got cast into prison, people didn't just say, oh, well, I guess that's just the way things are. I'll tell you, the church doesn't leave anything alone. We're not just saying that's the way things are. My brothers and sisters, we are aggressive. And we are going forward. And we're going to preach the gospel. We're going to preach the word of life and the word of hope to a lost and dying world. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod was ready to bring him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains I'd say that's a pretty good description that Peter was one of those certain Christians I mean you got him in prison isn't that good enough that wasn't good enough then in the prison not only was he behind the bars they 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 had two chains on Peter i I think they thought he was one of those certain Christians that something wild's going to happen if we don't close the prison doors and we don't lock the the, the chains on him right. and then they put two guys you know put two soldiers there so he's got two chains two soldiers and a prison door that's keeping him inside the prison but prayer was being made by the church for him continually. Well, I don't. Just, I don't see how he could ever get out. They've got him locked in that prison. You know, that's nobody's ever escaped from that prison. It was the it was the the uh, the Alcatraz, I guess, of their day, wasn't it? Nobody's ever escaped from this prison. We're gonna chain him up. We're gonna put two soldiers there. I want to believe that if Pastor Crab got thrown in jail. I want to believe that the devil himself would say, man, I I read and I I saw in the Word of God that that they tried to stop Peter with a prison door and two chains and two guards. Let's put 40 chains on Pastor Crabb and 40 guards around him there. But I want you to know, no matter how many chains, no matter how many guards, they try to put on us that the devil cannot keep us. you know why? Because we are certain church members. Sout out loud, I'm a certain church member.. <laughs> Verse seven, "And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. What do you mean? I mean, You know, the angel wasn't kept out by the prison doors or the prison walls. The angel wasn't kept out from the the 40, the the guards or the two guards that were around him there and the chains. But the angel of the Lord came upon him. I don't know what kind of trouble you're in today, but I believe that God's able to send an angel to get through all your trouble, all your issues. I don't care if it's a financial crisis you're in. God's able to send angels to get hold of some stuff and get it into your hands. We believe this kind of stuff, man. Huh? That's what he's trying to show you. When you're a certain of the church, there's nothing impossible to you. You, you can't keep angels out of away from the people that are certain church members. Say it again, I'm a certain church member. I'm a certain church member. I'm a a specific one. I'm I'm of the kind that's got the lamb in me and the blood over me. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. That's what kind of church member I am. I've had the Bible preached to me and faith has filled my heart. And God has not given this certain church member the spirit of fear, but he's given me the spirit of power and love and a sound mind 2 Timothy 1 7 hallelujah hallelujah and the angel of the Lord came upon him verse 7 and a light shined in the prison when you're a certain church member even in the midst of the darkness at midnight the light starts shining upon you and the angel smote Peter on the side and raised him up. And he said, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. If you're a certain church member, I believe the chains will fall off your hands. This is the kind of people I was made to run around with here, Brother Joe. Huh? Huh? I wasn't made to be a very religious guy that didn't believe in the power of God and miracles. I'd have been a bad one of those. But I'm a good one of these guys right here. And the chains fell off. And the angel said, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird yourself. And put on your sandals. Put your shoes on. Why do you put your shoes on? Because you're going somewhere. Shout out loud, I'm a certain church member. And I'm going somewhere. Look at the person next to you and shout out and put your shoes on. You got to get ready to go. You got to act like you're going somewhere. I want to... I want you to believe that Pastor Crabb always seems like he's going somewhere. I'll tell you, I am going somewhere. I'm going into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. I'm going into other countries and other nations and we're going to preach the gospel to every creature. And we're going to preach the word and help everybody we can. Somebody say amen. And he said unto him into verse 8, Cast your garment about you and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wis not that it was true that was which was done by the angel, but he thought he was seeing a vision. That's a pretty good deal. Peter, Peter thought, Well, this can't really be happening. This is one of those, you know, I've heard about the the you know, in the last days, people would dream dreams and have visions and stuff. So I'm just probably seeing a vision of myself running out of this jail. I want you to know, brother, there's a reality to this thing. It's not just a vision or a dream. It's my faith in God is, has substance to it. There's something to it. It's, it's solid. You can touch it. It's tangible. You can grab hold of it, my brothers and sisters. Peter thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10, when they were past the first and the second ward, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. In other words, they came to the iron gate, and nobody even opened the gate door. It opened itself. And they went out and passed on through, the, through one street, for with the angel then departed from him. Now, when Peter was come to himself, man, he'd had a wild day already, hadn't he? When Peter came to himself, he said, I think now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And I'm almost done. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. So Peter made his way to the prayer meeting. Out of prison. To the prayer meeting. This is, this is what I'm talking. This is living right here. Huh? And as Peter knocked on the door of the gate, a damsel came to listen named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate because she was so glad or giddy but she turned and ran inside. At church members, when the Holy Ghost hits them, they don't know what to do, do they? I'd be like Rhoda, Sister Rhoda. Next time I, an angel lets me out of prison, and when I come to the church, the prayer meeting, open the door, and then let's go inside and tell everybody. She Seriously, she got so excited in her gladness. She was so like, whoa. But she ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Well, this is exactly what we've been believing God for. Is that what she said? Oh, we knew it was going to happen. You're too late. We already knew it. This is exactly what we've been praying about. But instead, the people inside that have been praying for Peter to get out of prison which has already happened, the people inside said to her, you are mad, or you're out of your mind. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then they said unto her, well, uh, even if it is something, it's just his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. That's what we're doing this morning. We're declaring how the Lord has brought us out of prison. He brought me out of the prison of my sin back in 1973, July 28th, 1973. On the west side of Cincinnati, I was in my spiritual cell of sin and there was no way to get out. But the word of the Lord came to me and I stepped outside that party that I was at, smoking weed and getting crazy. And when I stepped outside... I bowed my knee to the name of Jesus. And this drug addict, this sinful man, this carnal man, this man that wasn't okay and wasn't good, didn't love God, I got born again. Hallelujah. And I've, been, I've spent 40 plus years telling people how the Lord brought me out of that prison for the goodness and the glory of God. Middle of verse 17, and he said, go show these things unto James and the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Now there was, now as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers what had happened to Peter. Can you imagine that meeting with their boss? Where's Peter? We don't know. Well, how'd he get out? We had him down in the lowest part of the prison. We had iron bars over the prison doors. We had him chained. I put two of you there to just to guard him. Huh? What do you mean you don't know where he is? So there was no small stir about what had happened to Peter. I'm telling you, that's what... Verse 18 is exactly what I'm believing God for. The people that, the, the people that went to school with me yeah. and Brother Jerry here on the front row, me and Jerry went to high school together, they're, they're still wondering what happened to us. Because yeah. me and Jerry were leading the way. We're going to our 50th reunion. Is it next year? Yeah. Next year's our 50th reu- high school reunion. I haven't made all of them, but I'm making this one. I'm going to make an appearance. And I got a feeling that I am going to be the preacher at the reunion. Because I'm going to tell him what Christ has done for me. Ha! Huh. That's what Peter was doing. Verse 19, when Herod sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers, commanded that they be put to death. Now the, the guys that were supposed to be watching him They're having even a worse day. They had a bad meeting with their boss now that he commanded them to be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and there he abode. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it displeased them of Tyre and Sidon. But they came with one accord to him, having made Blastus the king's chamberlain, their friend, they desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. Now this goes on even really further than this story goes, but we're going to read this just because it kind of all ties together here. Because in, when we started in Acts 12:1, we started with Herod messing with certain of the church. Now we're going to find out. Let's see how good old Herod did by the end of the day. And that day, verse 21, And upon a set day, Herod was arrayed in royal apparel and sat upon his throne. You know, you can be a nobody, but you can be dressed in royal array. And you can sit on the biggest throne in town and still be a nobody. and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, this is about what Herod said, it is the voice of a God. He's not even a man. He's beyond a man. And immediately, this is when the Lord, this is when these special miracles are still stirred up. And immediately, the angel of the Lord that smote. The angel of the Lord smote him because because he gave not God the glory. We got one guy, Peter, that's given God the glory And and being certain of the church, a select member that's given to Christ in the church and God's moving for him, getting him out of jail, doing all this other kind of stuff. And we got another guy that refused to give God the glory. That tried to bind up the, the, God's man in the prison. The angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God glory. And look at, I love this. We got to read this. And he was eaten by worms. What happened to him? Tell me out loud. Oh, say it and smile real big at me. He was eaten by worms. You excited about that, Pastor? Yes, I am. Because that's the end of all those that'll come after certain church members. The certain church members end up like Peter did. The certain church members end up on the right side of things. The certain church members end up get saved and set free and delivered from the jail cell. But the Mr. Big Shots, like Herod, they end up being, last time we saw him, even with his royal apparel all wrapped around him, well, what we saw was that worms were coming to eat him up. That's a a nice way to say the maggots came and ate, ate his carcass. Amen? Praise God. Isn't that a good story of the certain of the church members? Praise God forever. Amen? Let's all stand up today. Praise the name of the Lord. My, my, my. I don't know if you're glad you came today, but I'm glad I got to preach this to myself this morning. That helped me. Did that help you? That was good word, man. Man, I'm a certain church member. I'm not just any old church member. Neither are you. I don't care if you've been saved a half hour, 30 days, or 30 years. If you know Christ, you are a certain church member. Amen? Let's bow our heads as the worship team begins to play and let's thank the Lord today for His goodness and mercy.
0: We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crab and Amago Day, please visit our website at ImagoDaysensi.com. I M A G O D E I C I N C Y dot com. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crab and Amago Day, please visit our website at ImagoDaysensi.com. I M A G O D E I C I N C Y dot com.